As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Thoughts lead to actions, and actions, habits, and habits, character, and character, destiny. Join this purple girl in her purple world as we share inspiration and build hope together, one thought at a time. The destiny you desire is only a thought away. Welcome to Building Hope with Purple Thoughts. This is Justina Page, your podcast host. I am super excited today because I have a dear, dear friend here for uh, her to share her thoughts about one of my purple thoughts. Today, we have the wonderful Robin Murray. Hey, Robin, how's it going today? It's going good, Justina. I'm so glad to do this. This is so great. I'm so happy to have you. Now, many of you don't know Robin like I do, so I'm going to share a little bit about her. Robin Mary is a wife, mom, and writer, and I mean a phenomenal writer. I I love her writing, anything she writes. Anyway, she's from Magnolia, Texas. After teaching history at the secondary and college levels, she began script writing plays for children, teens, and women's ministries. She began writing for Reflected Life Ministries in 2009 and is currently lead writer for Reflective Media Productions. And she's doing a phenomenal job. I don't know how many of you saw We Are Stronger, but this here is our writer. And I don't know how many of you have saw episode one for Breaking Strongholds. It is phenomenal. Yes, Robin is your writer. So you have that person not on the camera, behind the scenes, or in a cameo somewhere, creating all this wonderful stuff. And I just really appreciate you for that. I think you're phenomenal. I think you're awesome. And you all are going to be in for a sure treat for the rest of the series. So, Robin, how did we meet? (laughs) Ah, well, I had written a little bit of We Are Stronger, And I had a character in mind that I wanted to be in We Are Stronger. And I told Carla, um, Carla, who is the executive producer for all our films, uh, I said, okay, so here, because she's she's very good at being our, you know, talent scout Uh, dash casting director, you know, she's, and, uh, you know, so I kind of described the character and she's like, well, I don't know anybody like that. And, you know, I'm like, well, we'll pray. So she came to me one day and she goes, we just did a marriage seminar, a marriage retreat. And this lady came up to me and she was just great, you know, and and she was, I think she might be someone who could play this character you were describing. Um, Anyway, so I said, well, tell me about her. She goes, well, you know, she's a burn survivor for one thing. And that, you know, was not even part of the script. And she, she's written a book. So I read, I read your book first. I felt like I knew you way wow. better than you knew me right off the bat. Wow. Uh, and I remember, I mean, I'm thinking, wow, what, what an amazing person. And, and I guess Carla has set it up for you to come out here and do a reading um, for that role. And that's when I met you in person. And just obviously, you know, everybody 
that knows you knows that you are amazing in so many ways and have overcome so much and your relationship with the Lord is um, just so sweet and positive. And I, uh, so through the years, I think uh, I enjoyed on We Are Stronger set, we got you to wear a wig <laughs> and I was your, your wig master. <laughs> yes. And I would bring that wig and get it all, and put it on your head and poke your poor head with those little pins. And uh, just through, through the years, just had grown more and more, uh, you know, admiring of you and your family and what you do with your ministry. Um, we love supporting your ministry when we can. And um, so that's how we met. That is so awesome. Isn't that an awesome story, guys? I just love Robin. Um, we're going to go on with the interview, but uh, no, Robin, the feeling is mutual. You all are phenomenal people. And I will say that I was blessed to meet you all during a time when I was dealing with quite a bit of church hurt, where I had, uh, quite honestly, didn't have too much respect for church people. And you all and what you brought to the table and who you were in Christ brought that respect back. It was a type of healing. So appreciate you all for being genuine believers mm -hmm. who are interested in Jesus and not only in yourselves. So Robin, we have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows how I am overtaken with the color purple. So I call my thoughts purple thoughts. If you could choose the color for your thought, what would that, thought, what would that color be and why? Okay, well, I'm going to ask for a little bit of clarification on that question. Um, is that like what my thoughts and feelings are right now or just in general, my outlook? Okay, you hear the teacher? <laughs> I hear the teacher. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> just in general, my outlook. Okay. I'm going to say that my thoughts are sky blue. And am I supposed to explain why? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right. I would say sky blue because when I, because I am a generally optimistic person, though I do love the color blue. Uh, so I don't want anyone to think that I'm, you know, a blue, blue as in a sad person. Uh, and, and I, I, it's, I have to say that I cannot owe that to anything, any effort I've made. I, I truly just have sort of a natural set point of being optimistic and happy and, and such as that. And the reason I, I want to qualify that is because I have learned a whole lot about moods and, uh, just just the physiological, natural brain chemistry in a person and, and how that can set someone where they're not naturally optimistic and therefore it is more of an effort for them to be so. So I will say that that is not the brain chemistry that I ended up with, but I'm actually just quite, my set point is usually pretty happy, uh, mm -hmm. though I love the color blue, but it's a happy blue, a sky blue. Um, and, uh, you know, I find myself when I am going through a trial, uh, sometimes it's even hard for me to go ahead and sit with the pain for a while because I just want to get back to happy, you know. Yeah. So I would say I'm a sky blue. I love that. I really do. I think that's beautiful. And I can attest to your optimism 
I'm actually quite like you. I'm a very optimistic person as well. That's beautiful. So everyone's here today to hear the thought that you chose and um, what you have to say about it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Okay. Well, you, you just posted this the other day uh, and it says, I experienced pure beauty on yesterday. It was inspiring being in a diverse setting, age, gender, race, experience, with one goal in mind, glorifying God. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that purple thought, I had been trying to think on which one I wanted to talk about with you because you had asked me to, to think about it. And when I saw that one, I'm like, well, clearly that's the one I'm going to pick because um, it kind of it kind of rang some bells in a couple ways for me. Well, first of all, I knew what you were talking about. I knew I knew what experience you had just had because I was there, too. And uh, we had just the night before you wrote that. Um, I had written a song that would go in a certain moment in our in our series and it just you know I'm not naturally a songwriter I've never done it before I've certainly never made a recording of any song I don't play an instrument uh, but I had this little bit of inspiration from the Lord and I I thought okay well I'm just going to go for it and see if Jake and Carla think this is appropriate so I mean, this is kind of sad. I, my hearing is going as I get older. And so like, I can't even sing as well as I used to, <laughs> but I took my phone and I sang the little song into my phone and I sent the recording to Jake and Carla. And they're like, you know, we really like it. Let go forward with that and see if you can pull it together and really make a recording. Well, as usual with any idea that I have, God does way more than I ever thought he would do with it. Um, so that night, the Friday night, it was last Friday night, uh, what God had done is brought together in that moment expert professional singers, regular folks, teenage kids, uh, racially diverse, black, white, um, age diverse, We had people that were in their 70s down to people in their teens. We had men, we had women. And, you know, just like you say here, it was all about glorifying God. Nobody was getting paid. Um, And well, the sound guy was getting paid. We had to pay for the studio. Um, But everybody was there because they loved the Lord. They loved the, the project, the idea, the heart behind the project. And it was just one of those moments that once again, God, you know, he takes that little bitty thing that you give him and he turns it into something so much bigger than you, you ever thought could happen. And, and so that was one of the bells that went off when, when I read that, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a special, special moment with such sweet people. And then, you know, uh, I guess just each one of those things you you said, you named off all these different things that divide us. And I got to say that my personality type as well um, is very much a peacekeeper, even to, to a fault. It can't it can be to a fault. I'd say as I've gotten older, I've learned to speak what I believe is true more boldly. But I went through many years of my life, you know, just 
just being a peacekeeper. If something was wrong, I usually didn't say anything. If something was, you know, I, that sort of thing. And so it is so disheartening to me. I'm, I run away from conflict and uh, it's just been so sad. All of the, you know, it's, I would say, especially lately, the gender and race issues have been so much conflict uh, in, in the media and just in reality. Uh, when I was in college, I was so saddened by, uh, you know, race issues. I didn't understand it. I grew up in a family that, you know, unfortunately sort of stereotypical Southern white family. And uh, when I was in college, I, interestingly enough, I, you know, I, I would, I, maybe not from like my mom or anything, but, but my dad and maybe grandparents and all, I would definitely hear racist type language. And I knew it didn't set right with me, but I think I was about a 10 or 11 years old. <clears throat> and then, and believe it or not, we were watching uh, All in the Family, mm-hmm. Archie Bunker, right? Yeah. You know who that is? Do you oh, yeah. That? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm sitting there watching that show. And I guess I had just gotten old enough where, where I understood irony that, that the writers of this show are making fun of Archie Bunker. You know, and I, I thought... Archie Bunker is a lot like my family and there's some, you know, anyway, it's, I started putting it together that, 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 that this is not right. And it was making more sense why it, it didn't sit with it. So anyway, I just, in college, when I was in my graduate program that, in, which was in history, they were like, okay, well, just write your thesis about something that you're interested in. And I said, well, I've always wanted to try to understand uh, just more about race issues and, and uh, the professor that was leading my work, he, he said, um, well, I would like for there to be a body of work on how this particular town and the town I was in was Waco, how this particular town dealt with desegregation. Um, wow. So that was really helpful for me. I was able to go and I interviewed all of the black leaders of the town at the time and because they were all still alive. This was the 80s. And wow. the white leaders of the time, and it was, you know, and uh, and just kind of got their different viewpoints on it, and, and was able to delve into that. And uh, you know, I, I'm, the conclusions that I think I came to as a young person may not be the same ones that I come to, would come to now. You know, I mean, it felt it felt almost a little fatalistic. My, I was just like, in the end, I'm like, gosh, I just don't know, people. They just, you know, I wish people would just all intermarry and we wouldn't have races, you know, it was kind of like my hope, my wish, because I had been to Brazil. I don't know if you've ever familiar with some other country, but I had been to Brazil when I was a teenager and it's, it's much more, um, there's not real clear racial divides and it was really cool, you know, and I thought, man, I wish we could get like Brazil so that people quit. You know, but I, it was, it was, so when I read that, I, I thought, you know, it reminded me of that. Um, and, and then the other thing is just the, the whole uh, few months ago, a couple of years ago now, it was really flared up with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. which um, I was so 
glad for that. You know, obviously that needed to happen, but it felt like there was this underlying hatred and anger between the genders, you know, and, and uh, I know that men were starting to feel very targeted and being feeling very blamed for thoughts they didn't have and things that, you know, they just, and I just, that was upsetting to me. So, um, so all of those things affect me and I try to understand it. And, um, and obviously I can't understand it the way I, you know, cause I'm a white female. That's the only viewpoint I have. Uh, but, but I do think it's important to try to understand and to stay very open and keep talking and, um, and mainly the Christian community leading out in that and finding ways to promote this, you know, people from two different races, two different backgrounds, talking. And of course we have a ministry that we do together. So that's great because we have a common goal and, uh, and I, and I love that. So yeah, that, that purple thought, I'm like all about that. I was thinking all the same stuff. What a beautiful moment. And then of course, you know, age as well. It's very easy to just sort of go, Oh, you're retired. I guess you're kind of just doing your thing, but, but, but we were so grateful to get, um, I guess Calvin and Jan might've been our, our oldest folks there. And man, they bring so much to our project. Uh, it was great to, to, you know, just to have them there. And anyway, all the feels, all the feels, I was loving it all. So, Oh, wow. Well, I am. I'm really liking uh, where we're going with the thought and you're all into exactly some of the things. I mean, I honestly, you took it a lot deeper than I did, but I think that's beautiful. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it because that's the whole point of the podcast to stir up thought, to stir up hope, to stir up something that you can build hope with. So I'm going to go back to a, a few things that you said. Um, first of all, I want to make a statement. You said that you, you're not a songwriter. I wouldn't have known that. The, that <laughs> song is really something else. But I guess if you could write, generally you could write. Wow, that's a powerful song. So uh, kudos to you for that song because it's amazing. And uh, many people will be singing that song and it's going to bless a lot of people. But um, I want to go back to the, the, the division or let's say the opposite of what I felt. Let's say I had came in that room. First of all, I was there. I was just amazed one, cause I didn't even sing. I wasn't even a part. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, God blessed me to have this experience, you know, via my husband. I was just a writer that came along with my husband. And, um, you know, cause everybody knows I'm not gonna be singing in nothing like that. But anyway, um, the uh, the things that divide us, um, what what could have made and, and what could have made that experience bad? What type of things could have went wrong? That and, and I'm asking that because these are things that divide us. We both know that the glue I put it at the end that put us together was that common goal to glorify God. And if we could all get on a God page, I think all that racial stuff could kind of dissolve. Uh, but we insert political things, we insert our, our personal feelings, we insert um, things that we've been told for years and years and years, and that goes 
on both sides of the coin, or both races, or multiple races, or genders, or ages, or whatever. But in that setting, what are things that divide? And the reason why I'm asking that so that the listeners can understand, okay, if you're doing these things, you're making the, the breach wider. You're not bringing it together. So what are some examples or some things that can be done that um, makes that could have made in this setting that we're talking about around this purple thought that make that could have could have happened? Now, thank God it didn't. I want to reiterate. We're not talking about what happened because it was perfect. It was, uh, I mean, God, I sat out in the room while the, uh, the young teenager, her and I had the most wonderful conversation and, and time together. It was really fun, you know, and you would have thought I was talking to you. You know, it's like, man, this is really beautiful. But what could have happened or what type of things happened that divide even Christians when it comes to that? Mm. You know, Kirk and I have done a lot of marriage counseling in our church. We, we are lay counselors. We are not truly trained with any kind of college or anything. Um, but one of the things that gets everybody is negative interpretation. So they call it. Um, if you go into a situation and you already have in your mind what everyone else is thinking, what the other person is thinking. You're like, you know, you go in and you're like, um, you know, oh, you're over the age of 70. You probably don't like this music. You probably don't like my clothes. You probably don't like this, that, you know, to, and then if the other person says something that even hints of what you were thinking they were thinking, then there's that confirmation bias. Ah, uh, I knew that you had that attitude. I knew that. Okay. So that's, course the, the the age thing is is one of the most benign things but with racial issues which is not it's you know that's what's uh, a less benign thing and uh, I think that happens a lot is, is someone goes in assuming they know what the other person is thinking um, and 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 it makes you tense it makes you afraid to say things it makes you want to walk on eggshells uh, and and then it makes the other person tense. And I mean, so I, I really do think that negative interpretation that going into something was something in your head that uh, I bet you they're thinking this and, you know, or something like that. And I, I have to say that our OK, because there's times where um, here's here's a, here's a sweet thing that's happened, I think, in our group before, too, is. Um, you know, when it's just knowing the heart of the other person and expecting the best, assuming the best that that helps. So the opposite of that is what hurts, because there's times when people will make like these dumb comments that, you know, like I'll, I'll hear. I mean, I'll just say it. I'll hear white people say something that I'm just like, oh, I can't believe you said that or did that like, that, you know that I feel like might offend a black person, you know, and, and that the white person just doesn't even know, or maybe they do know and they don't, I don't know, but I'm just like, Ooh. but, but I, you know, it's been dealt with so graciously on the other side where if it was offensive, it was like, I know that person's heart and I know that they were not, you know, out to, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think it's just that constant, 
and it is not a natural thing. It, 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 it is a natural thing, I think, to self-preserve, self-preserve, self-preserve. So it is a Holy Spirit thing to open your heart and look for the underlying feelings and, you know, not to go into something expecting a certain thing and making everybody tense and all that. So there's that thought. I tell you what, well, uh, thank God for that thought. That was beautifully said. That was really, really good. And that's something that I'm personally going to keep in mind. Um, very useful wisdom there. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate that so much. Another thing you uh, talked about is um, you said it was a time when you wanted to run away from conflict um, for the sake of keeping peace, you know, and maybe that's your personal peace or maybe it's just peace among everybody else. But um, many people face that, even Christians. Um, we decide that we just don't want to be bothered with an issue. We don't want to uh, deal with it or we feel safer um, uh, withdrawing or ignoring. Why do you think Christians do that? And I'm talking about specifically mm. believers now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do think, I mean, you've got enough kids to know that different people are born different. That, that they truly just, some people are born peacekeepers and some people are born ready to fight. So I, I do think that some of it is just, oh, this person, this is their natural temperament. Um, as far as like why the bit, yeah, for me, now that I'm older and I've realized, oh, I'm kind of a peacekeeper to a fault. Uh, at, at one point when uh, you can say, instead of peacemaking, I'm peace faking. You know, because if you if you don't confront things that are wrong, <laughs> then then you're just faking the peace. It, eventually it will come out and the truth will prevail. Um, so I'm old enough to have learned that the hard way. Uh, I would say that in the Christian community right now, and I can only speak for myself. There are. There are things that, that have come up and, and you're just like, okay, here is what the general conservative Christian community says about this. But what would Jesus say about this? You know, is this, is this something that we need to lean into this thing that seems like it's morally wrong and love on these people? Or do we need to go and, and, uh, hold up our pickets and say, this is wrong. Or, you know, because I can tell you this, that when you're holding up your pickets and saying all of this is wrong about certain things, nobody's feeling loved. Everybody's feeling judged. And I don't think that's what Jesus was about. So for me, I have a real hard time figuring out what, what I should say, when I should say it, and there's just so many times that I feel like we have missed an opportunity to show the love of Jesus because we were too loud yelling about something, mad about the politics, um, trying to defend ourselves our, and our little group and our, you know, whether it's men or white people or black people or yeah. anything like that. It, we're just so busy 
self-protecting that that you know and and we're kind of like doing the old testament justice of god thing that we're supposed to leave up to god anyway and god told us to love him and love others so so a lot of times i have i mean i guess i'm defending my lack of shooting off on social media or whatever like that but but it has a whole lot to do with that how do we how do we do something that really promotes the love of Jesus? And, and just like the other night that you were describing in that purple thought, how do we do more of that? that that's why when I write stories, I'm like, well, let's make sure they're diverse. Let's make sure we have lots of viewpoints in here. Let's make, you know, that to me seems like the way that Jesus would, you know, would have us interact Man, I love that so much. We think a lot alike because when it comes down to it, I know we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really. I, do. I, I know. That's why I care. That's why I really, really. Um, I I just think you you know you probably don't even know how much I admire you, but I can t because you do go and you do say more on social media and I know your heart more, but I, but I know that you think a lot of life like that. I can just see by the way you do life that that's what well, you're about. Well, see, and, and you, you're really tying everything together real perfectly because when I wrote that thought, I mean, you know, and what people really don't understand, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm sharing a thought, but these are real authentic thoughts. This, I'm not just sitting down thinking, what can I say today? This is something that really touched my heart. And that night touched my heart. And what I said touched my heart. And I'm thinking, like you, how do we get more of that in all areas of our ministries and in our lives and when we do things because that was pure it was nothing but pure love there there was no no judgment there was no nobody's eyes was on anything but god and i'm like whoa this is a powerful moment that's worth recognition and it's worth duplication in my mind too so i'm throwing it out there just so we could think again, this is building hope with purple thoughts that we might be hopeful for our future and don't just say we can't do it. Yes, we can. We can do this. And honestly, I feel the lead is in the church. I think the church should show the way in how to do that. So, wow, beautifully said. But um, you all, um, you, you laid out something yeah. that really uh, resonates with me when you talk about the preconceived no, uh, notions uh, or predetermining what people are thinking and predetermining what you think they're saying and all that. I mean, that just never works. It just really doesn't work. You don't know till you get there. And even someone you may have known I mean, if you've been gone more than two hours, Jesus may have had a chance to come in and do something and you're already prejudged them. Um, and Jesus could have done a work, you know. So, oh God, this is so good, Robin. I'm really, really enjoying this. And it, it's really a hopeful conversation, listeners. This is a hopeful conversation. We can do this. If we, as the body of believers, Amen. would let God do his business, and we do what he told us to do. And it was pretty simple. 
love him and love people, you know. Um, I, I tell you what, one of my freest moments came about seven years old, when I, seven years ago, <laughs> I'm saying I'm seven years old, but I've grown in this. But the reality is when I stopped trying to God, God's people. In other words, I stopped trying to determine whether they're worthy, who they are, what whether they should do what they're doing, all this kind of stuff. And we do that, you know, whether we realize we do it or not. And when I stopped, you talking about some freedom, I really, and people, sometimes I get flack about this, but I personally don't care what you're doing. I really don't, you know, now, and I'll, I'll put it with this caveat, if you're in my presence and I know that there's something that you need or wisdom that you need, I don't mind sharing that, but I'm not trying to seek and follow you and check you out. And, you know, it's God's business. Um, and if we could uh, really center mm. on the love, because love will, you know, sometimes people feel like, well, if you love them too much, they're not going to change, uh, blah, 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 blah. But you can't outlove God's, you can't outlove people. You just really can't. So I love it. Mm. I love it. I love it. This has been mm. really good, Robin. I just have um, one last question for you. Mm. Um, why do you think it's a good idea for people to tune in to this podcast? Or should I say, do you think it's a good idea mm. for people to tune in? I think it's a good idea because of what you just said, uh, because we, you know, in talking about how you said we can do this, we can do this. And, and I, and I, what I believe you meant was we don't have to keep having these echo chambers that continue to divide us. We don't have to keep presenting the, the world of Christendom to the rest of the world, like instead of the most loving, accepting people in the world, the most judging, hating people. We don't have to do that. We can do something different. That's what you are doing here. That's what your purple thoughts are. People who know you know that you have plenty in your life to be down about, <laughs> to be sad about. And I imagine you have your times but your purple thoughts are positive and they are always toward God's love and unity. And we need more of that on the airwaves. That's why reflective media productions does what we do. That's why you're doing what you're doing. And that's why people need to listen to this. Wow. Okay. Y'all obey Robin. Cause she's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, Robin, well, I mean, wow, I learned so much from you, honestly, I really did. So this has been very helpful for me on a personal level. I appreciate it. Um, I also learned that, can I call myself a lay counselor? Because I do all this counseling and I never call myself any type of counselor because I said, well, I'm not a professional. I hadn't went to school to counsel, but I've been doing this since age five, literally, literally at that little bitty age so it's, it's a yeah so now I know I'm a lay counselor thank you Robin <laughs> <laughs> sure I'm glad to, to give you a new title <laughs> yes I'm going to use it but anyway Robin before we close is there any last thing you want to share you want to share some updates on breaking strongholds because a lot of my listeners are um, 
are excited and ready to uh, see it. So if you could share a little bit about that, whatever you can, I appreciate it. Yes, yes. Uh, I, well, we at Breaking Strongholds, as you know, episode one has been out, but it's not really out for just total public viewing. It's just at different showings. Episodes two, three, and four are all in the works. Episode two is almost fully locked down. Episode three is midway there. And episode four is just now uh, getting, getting cleaned up. So the goal, I believe, is September to release all of them at once. Uh, through one thing or another, unforeseen circumstances, we may, you know, we may or may not hit that goal, but that's still the goal. Uh, just saw Jake last night was over here. Uh, I don't know if, if your listeners know, but uh, but you you play the role of Aunt Hazel and your sister is character name is Janelle. Uh, it's Lily Cooper and Janelle's car in the show is my car in real life. So Jake was over here. Uh, he and Lee were trying to get establishing shots of driving my car around and, and all that. So I just saw him last night. He's trying to get those finishing touches done on everything. Um, and, and it's going to happen. God will bring it to fruition. Uh, everybody's first question is, where can I see it? And I got to tell you, I don't know for sure, but we will be sure to get it out there and you will know how to, how to see it. Um, and because we want just the whole world to see it. We want the Lord to use it however he will. So there it is. That's awesome. And if you want to know more about that, if you want to stay updated, um, go ahead and check in to breakingstrongholds.com. All right, guys, well, we're going to leave you with that. That was a great dose of wisdom today by our special guest, Robin Murray. I know you enjoyed this conversation. And if you enjoyed the purple thoughts she shared, guess what? I have 365 more of them in my Building Hope with Purple Thoughts Journal 2021. It's available on Amazon. And guess what? The girl has an author website now. How about that? Be sure to pick up one and you will be supporting children's and families affected by burn trauma. It's been a wonderful time with you today. Be sure to tune in next week for more of Building Hope with Purple Thoughts. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining this purple girl in her purple world. Share the inspiration by leaving a review, rating, and subscribing to the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, keep hope alive.